So are you boiling the water to represent the boiling rage that was the beginning while we were in the bathtub last Oh night? my, yeah, that was your back boiling. In, back in boiling water. Back in boiling water again. We had our feet steeped while well, you had your booty in it steeping. Feet? We both were in it. In the tub? We were at that time, I guess. We were. Well, we're, but not, anyways, we're not here the, to talk about a bath. The, the subject matter is communication breakdown. And we were talking about one of your... Someone you were talking to was referring a book to you that, about relationship communication. And we came to the conclusion that, yes, we share, as everyone else does, in a relationship, communication breakdowns. Thanks for joining us on In the Rough, the podcast. I'm Sina Marie. And I'm Foy. And we're just fucking talking. And solving the world's problems. One orgasm at a time. One podcast at a time. (laughs) So, like, we have these... We're just saying, like, we're not superhuman. We also we also have have those communication things. However, the efficiency and our astuteness to each other is that we generally resolve those issues mid conversation. Like, we'll take a time out from our subject matter, resolve the communication issue, and then go back to what we were talking about. And it was kind of a contrast into the idea that. A lot of people will have a communication issue while they're having a conversation and then the emotion that comes from that, like the boiling water, hinders your ability to finish the conversation or to continue to engage in it. So now not only are are you losing the communication, the conversation that you were having is lost, but then you have the emotion boiling over from being interrupted or not being understood or whatever it issue it is in communication that ends up ruining the whole experience so to speak it's like that one bad apple spoils the whole bushel basket of them you in, just get in too a conversation f- sense too far off track yeah you get too far off track so to speak and so i suppose one thing is that i'm just pretty resilient persistent about wanting to be heard and yeah. as am i there's I don't think there's as often... Do you think there is as often as you feel like I'm not hearing you or understanding you? Mm, It's a low frequency. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen, I would say, probably once a week at best. And it's Mm -hmm. usually minimal. You know, and it's a lot of times also... Um, if I'm when my diet's off, like when I'm eating shit food, like in which was basically last night's issue was that I had gotten into some wheat and some gluten at higher levels than I'm because I'm like on the downward trend of it trying to get rid of them altogether, mm-hmm. which is very challenging to do because like the studies are coming out nowadays that it's like getting off a of heroin in the sense that the way your mind and your body reacts to those kinds of foods. You're, you know, I have those cravings, those urges, those emotional responses to not getting those foods in my life. So when I get a whole bunch of them, it's like going on a bender again. So if you've got an alcoholic that goes to the bar after not drinking for a while, a couple of shots, they're three sheets to the fucking wind. And here I am getting excited about the conversation we're having. So I'm engaged in it. I'm talking about it. 
but I'm at an excited level that goes beyond my ability to control and maintain my level of um, of uh, etiquette in allowing you to speak all of what you need to say in that conversation before I pipe up and add my you know piece to it also or to find those right little niches in your pauses where I can add a little bit in the, within the moment and some of our early podcasts I've been listening to also I can feel within my own voice there was moments that I had things to say but you were still talking about what the things that you wanted to say and get through that conversation so either mine didn't get said or I had to wait till later on and then bring it back to that mm. so and that's just kind of like to me, that's like creating a song where the conversation flows nicely. And it's a process for me to be more, or I should say it has, it has been a process for me to be more open to just like letting things go or mm. there's like a certain egoic ownership, I think, that we have about like, these are my ideas and they must be expressed and understood. Oh, yeah. So there's sometimes when... I learned to just let things go mm-hmm. in various areas of life, like publishing a book. I I mean, the first book that I published was like quite a wrestling match. I felt like with oh, my you ego. said it was torture. It was it, was it really wore hard. you out because if you're going through a book with an editor and they're like, "What does this even mean?" You know, you're like, yeah. like it feels like everything's so precious to you. And, and for somebody attack. to question it, yeah, yeah, totally. You're like, what do you mean? What does it mean? Like, I wrote it. It's important. Yeah. I have things to say. And then you realize that I'm not writing a book for myself. I'm writing it for the reader. Yeah. So yep. then the process of writing a book becomes about communicating, not about being kind of indignant about what I have to say. Mm. And there's a balance because it's like, I do have important things to say, but if you're not saying it in a way that the other person hears you, mm-hmm. then that's where you get, you know, the miscommunication. So yeah. I think this, well, it's actually my third book, but it was my second, like my second book was poetry. <laughs> so this is like my second written, pu- like piece of written, art. Yeah, edited, published book and this time it was I was so much more quick to want to edit things and to want to change them because I can see that when I'm willing to just shift something a little bit it makes my message so much more potent and it makes the story so much more clear Mm. because the reader can't read my mind the reader's reading the book not my mind yeah you know and and how to communicate that in a way where you fill in the blank spaces that the reader would have from not being able to read your mind so your editor helps you to do that to really relate your mind to the book which in turn goes to the reader which is a perfect way to I think to think about communicating with your partner mm-hmm. is that what you're saying isn't always what's being heard exactly so you've got all of your own stories and assumptions yeah. and ideas going on and so do I so when I say something you may you may th- say that's a great idea and then you run with it in a specific mm-hmm. direction and I'm like wait, I was only at point two and yeah. I've got five points to make here on this timeline. <laughs> and I run off with it. And we kind of equated that to a saying like, 
Yeah, fool, you got a great idea about what I said, and then you took that energy and you ran off with it and left me behind. Yeah, like you didn't, you didn't bring me with you. You didn't. I didn't bring you with me. And because two different things happen. One is yeah. you'll lose me completely and have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the second is I just am totally hearing you. I'm listening. I get it. Yeah. I comprehend it, but I'm over here like seething because I left you on the sidewalk. I feel interrupted and like what I had to say didn't matter. It's kind of like driving so off on vacation, left you at the house, and then I'm sending you pictures of the great time I'm <laughs> having on vacation. And in that moment, while we were taking a bath together after a day of working out and all that, which is kind of our routine, we were engaged in conversation about the lake house and, and different yeah, you're, things. Yeah, hold on, you're going back to what was actually happening. Yeah, the actual Because you went from vacation to bath, so. Yeah. So back in the bath. So we're back in the bath having a conversation about our lake house. And I got excited about the conversation we were having, and, and that's how it translated into what we were just talking about. And that I took off with, I saw in my mind an artistic, it was like a mid-century modern design that you and I, in my mind, had came up with. Mm-hmm. Something that I had built, you had designed, and then I added a few traits on there. And I was really excited about the tub slash pool slash outdoor water activity basically that I had in my mind where I could do a mass heater type of situation and have it be warm but like the the tub is warm not the water being warmed inside of it so to speak it's a different experience when you have a a stone or a concrete mass that's warm and that warms the water mm-hmm. that rather than the water warming up the concrete and all of that type of business so in my mind it was like a mosaic kind of tile that was very smooth and the the radiant heat would be a certain kind of experience and then I wanted some greenery around it so it would be in a greenhouse so that in the winter time we could be out in this thing as if it was our what I call our naked weather and be able to engage in a tub experience because the tub that we're in is your general house garden tub two people in it I'm a six foot 200 pound man and then we put your sexy little booty in there too and (laughs) It's like, you know, two marshmallows in a shot glass for a hot cocoa. It just oh my gosh. It's not the same experience. That's so funny. Yeah, as if <laughs> as if you're in a legitimate tub where you can like we could get into it like a hot tub where you're into your chin or even dunk your head in it but still be bath water so to speak. But anyways, very specific you want, experience. You just want an underwater blow I got job. <laughs> Oh my. That's, That's not actually what I had in that. mind, but I did have but a sex act in my mind. Oh, I had it while I was in the tub also. No, I mean, now you have that one in your mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, add, Stina adds her little thing. As you, were, as you were just saying that again, it's funny because what was happening in the tub was... But wait, that's not what... Like, and when you just re-described it, I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't actually catch all of that because yeah. I was... I was going into sort of, um, I'm hashing out a lot of possibilities and mm-hmm. a lot of options. And that to me is not trying to figure it out, but like opening doors. Yeah, because so, our conversation was about opening doors to thoughts and connections to people. Because we, we made a connection this week on mm-hmm. a side job where, you know, this client of yours has a lake house on a particular lake oh yeah and so then there was conversation about that lake and you like lit up and then 
engaged with her about this lake and her friend that lives next door and might be for sale. And I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Yeah. We haven't talked about this lake. And <sighs> so it was just this intense thing. But then once I realized like where the lake was and that it was actually an option, yeah, then I had to think about well, if we buy a cottage on a lake, what does it look like to build our own house there? Like, yeah. that's a huge project. And I would only do that project with somebody that I wanted to have the experience of building a house with. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, it's not appealing to me, like the process of building a house isn't appealing to me unless the house is literally like an all that I want. I would say probably an art project. And otherwise it's just sort of a, a functional like structure do yeah. a thing it's and I'm perfectly happy to like rent a lake house yeah. I don't even really need to Which, I just want to same... be on the water so yeah. if I'm gonna also build a house there's a certain experience that I want to have of building a house so mm. all of that to say that I was opening up the possibility of buying property or buying a small cottage and then rebuilding and what would that look like and we're both kind of wrestling with our own like independence oh yeah and inability to depend on someone else to <laughs> it's co-create it's not like we're incapable of it it's no. just that our success in life i think really to this point has a big portion of it been our independence and our like choosing a path more so on our own not necessarily in a selfish way because we kept our part previous partners and families in mind when we we're making decisions, but we're taking the reins, we're taking control, taking charge, and we're we're kind of like driving the bus that everyone else is riding in into a certain direction. I used to call it the train. Like, um, I would have a, some sort of a relationship conversation going on. Like, well, the train's ready to leave. Like, I've got all my tools, all my materials, all my resources. Everybody that wants to go in this direction. Get your shit on board because I'm leaving. It takes me a while to get ready, just like it would with a train. You got to get it, you know, oiled, greased, the fire going. Asking anyone else to contribute or like do it with you. No, it's because. Sort of like, this is where I'm going. This is yeah. what I'm doing. Because on a train, you don't. I buy a ticket to get a ride. I don't buy a ticket to be the engineer or the operator or the guy that built the rails or the guy that stokes the fire. Like, so everybody else kind of gets that by buying a ticket to ride my train is you just get to ride because I'm going to drive the motherfucker the way I want it driven and we're going to go where I want it to go. And the people that enjoy where I go and what I do, how I do, are going to love riding my train. Like you imagine jumping on an old cold train versus driving, you know, let's go to Japan and ride a 300 mile an hour bullet train. Totally different experience from... Uh, you know, let's say a November or December trip through Oregon through the mountains in a coal-fired train with the snow and the trees and all that beautiful scenery. Or it, so everybody's trains a little bit different in the way they drive it for those people that are independent in their life and s drive the relationship or drive the life of their their family, their household, whatever it is. So, but that all goes back to the communication, like my ability to communicate what's going to be on my train ride. And how I'm doing it has an effect on all those that are coming along with me through life. So when we talk about building a lake house and all of that, in my mind, I want to just set it up. I met, like I said, the, the lake that this guy was talking about was one that I had kind of been holding back from you. I hadn't told you about this lake. 
And I mean, to be fair, like we're in Michigan, everybody knows about all the big lakes. You've heard yeah. the names, and oh yeah, I know of the lake, and I roughly knew where it was, but yeah. it wasn't on my on your radar on my radar for like yeah. this is a viable. Not just a viable lake, but somewhere that we both would want to set up a residence. Because yeah, that's it's what close enough to our families like. and our work and stuff like that. Because we yeah. don't have a lake that's actually ideally in our location. We're going to have to go 30 minutes beyond what our normal comfort zone is to get to a lake that's going to fit. You, in this case, you do, but not me. Yeah. So I know that, like there's a certain area that I can go, but then to match that with where, you, you know, where our, yeah, circles, where our overlap. circles overlap. Yeah, where um, Anyway, I was, I was trying to get to the, the feeling of we both are kind of, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing. I don't want to need anyone else. I don't want to depend on anyone else yeah. to make it happen because then if that person lets me down, I'm fucked. Like, mm. I'm not going to get to my goal because I yeah. depended on you for something and you didn't come through for me. And now, like, now I have to make up for your lack of commitment to the goal yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, to me, that's kind of like in the train scenario is like you bring a whole couple cars of resources with you to hook onto my train and then you don't put the fucking pin in and we take off. And there's the two fucking cars left back at the station. Imagine trying to turn around a train or try to backing it up after you take off. Yeah. Oh, what a pain in the fucking ass. And I just realized in talking about it that it's um, it's just a little easier for me to conceive of making something happen on my own because there's a lot less things that I need to communicate about then. Mm-hmm. It's more and efficient to do it on your own generally. Yeah. So So there's that part of it the logistical simplicity of i want this house i'm gonna buy this house and then it's not up to you but then if i want to ask you to move (laughs) into a house with your kids and Mm -hmm. you know live with me then it also feels weird to own a house and like not have you be financially or otherwise invested in like making those decisions and yeah. setting because then it's not our house it's always going to be your house that i live in yeah that sets the tone that which sets is the kind of an ego trip i think in oh, a way sure. and it's also yeah. I, there's also part of me that says it's also a, a security issue because mm-hmm. you know i've been through a divorce where the house needed to be sold and mm-hmm. you know sold off to like pay off other debts and I think that's a very common scenario agreed um and it worked out really well to do it that way however it didn't leave me it left me ahead financially in a way because I was now I'm now you know basically debt free other than like some student loans so that's really nice but then I don't have a house like I don't own a house yeah you have have freedom you don't have um, equity so to speak yeah or assets or assets assets or equity have been liquidated but you have your freedom so So when I think about buying a house and then another relationship not working out Mm. knowing the like all of the ties that you have to someone when you make that investment and how that works out so it just kind of goes back to 
the thought that of course we would have a contract and a, it's I mean it's not a prenup because they're not getting married but it almost feels like no. a house prenup where yeah, you're like it's, if this happens then this is how things are going to be handled. yeah and I think my comment in that at that time was um, that I appreciate contracts relationship contracts in a way so we have a pre agreed upon path like you and I can draw it up, write it out, whatever it is, and it, it legally it ends up being a, essentially a land contract in most of the situations that I've done this before in, because I've bought in a house with someone that I didn't marry and didn't plan on marrying, mm-hmm. and went into it confidently. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna buy a house. It's gonna be both of us, and we're not gonna rely on a lawyer or a divorce court to split up the assets and things like that. I am capable of respecting a business agreement between myself and another human being, even if I don't agree with their lifestyle, the way they treat me, or any of that business, I will still respect the contract. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like a man's word. When they say he's yeah, good for I'm his like, word. Yeah, uh, it needs to be legal, but. It, it, in today's era, it does, because so many people don't live along those guidelines. Oh, yeah. So you just, as a general thing, everybody knows you just make it legal, put it in black and white, and be done with it. Take your emotions away from the situation and just have it be a legal document. And and then you're just clear on what you're getting yourself into, basically. Correct. Like, worst case scenario, yeah. what's this going to look like? And it eliminates a lot of the fear. Yeah. So. And this whole conversation was all done last night after we had our miscommunication so like (laughs) that's what it really comes back to the important thing here is that our relationship wouldn't have been able to move as far ahead as it has if we couldn't have gotten over the communication speed bump that we ran into in the tub. Did we even say what it was? It was it was you interrupted I interrupted you three different times about the same subject matter. Then you interrupted me twice and I said keep interrupting me yeah. and I'm trying to like tell you something and you just said huh interesting and like because I was totally in my flow of thoughts I didn't even know I interrupted you yeah I and had then, no clue that I did whatsoever <laughs> and I was like that's interesting I don't even remember you talking about something I just took off on the subject matter and I was in my head just imagining <clears throat> excuse me I was in my head imagining all the beautiful things that I was seeing and I just wanted to express them because I was having trouble taking those thoughts and holding them off to the side while you had what you had to say and then to bring it all back and tie well, and it all into the conversation. Well, and then I'm sitting over here like afraid that I'm going to forget what I wanted to say. Yeah. And on like on my side, it was it's interesting when you say you didn't even realize that you interrupted me because that to me points to the like the truth that being interrupted is just feeling interrupted like mm-hmm. it's an emotion to be interrupted it's not as much like a, a black and white thing because we do often interject into each other's like oh, yeah. while we're recording a podcast and I don't feel interrupted. Yeah, it just so flows in the conversation. And in being interrupted is like where that break off happens, where like the fork in the road. Yeah. And then what happens is like at some point you realize we're so far apart and that's where the breakdown is, where yeah. we're not connected in the conversation anymore. 
And so feeling, like if you say, I feel interrupted, it kind of allows you to own the trigger that you're experiencing instead Mm. of projecting it onto the other person. Like you interrupted me and you're over here like, I thought we were just dancing in, you know, fantasy land about the lake house. Running naked down the drive in the rain. (laughs) That was fun fun. one. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Okay, we got that one so, recorded. Oh my goodness. Talk about interrupting. Oh yeah. Then when I said that I was feeling like that you had interrupted me, you just said interesting. So then I was mad that you didn't ask me what I wanted to say or indicate in any way that yeah. you wanted to continue the I didn't conversation. just slam on the brakes and Well you were just sitting there like closing your eyes and thinking. So there was a lot of silence where I was I was waiting for things to continue and it's kind of like the hourglass going on this computer screen yeah and i'm sitting here thinking well he just doesn't care what i have to say and why isn't he asking me and so i'm getting more and more annoyed with the fact that you've interrupted me the water's boiling and it takes a lot of courage to like cross that bridge mm-hmm. when you're the person who feels wronged for yeah. however Violated you've been wronged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for me to say, you know, I mentioned that you had interrupted me twice. You did it again. You still haven't asked me what I was trying to communicate to you. Yeah. And I think it's a great, like, great tip for people. Like, if this particular thing is sort of happening Mm -hmm. um i really like the phrase so what did i miss or tell me what i missed you know kind of like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of like a gentle admission that like you missed something like like i was oblivious or ignorant to what was going on i kind of like to say uh can you bring me back to it can you bring me back to where we were? Because we kind of lose track sometimes when we yeah. both run off on a tangent. So essentially, we each interrupt the original conversation, but we do <laughs> it together. We're both interrupting We're together. both interrupting <laughs> together. And then all of a sudden, we're like, what were we talking about like 15 minutes ago before yeah. we went off on this freaking tangent? That does happen. Yeah. So I guess interrupting's okay as long as you're both on board <laughs> with it and you're both doing it. Then you don't fork <laughs> off. Like, then you just... No forking. The, the path forks, and you both take the same. Yeah, I'll fork you later. <laughs> I feel like mm. the the big thing is to to develop emotional resilience when you're triggered, so that without a doubt you don't just let that fester between yeah. yourself and your partner, and that it's really important for us, at least, to face those things when they happen and express them because then then ultimately it comes down to if i don't like the way it turned out it's not your fault it's because i didn't even speak up for myself i didn't even say Mm. boy shut the fuck up i've got something to to say and you need to listen to me Mm -hmm. and there's some fear in that like there's some fear that i'll be too assertive or i'll offend you or You'll feel like I'm kind of mm. rehashing the same thing too many times. Bend over with those panties pulling down, and your legs get on the back. Your your hands get on the back. Of your legs, and I've forgotten about whatever it is I was upset how about. How did you get there? Because I was just imagining how do I combat that, and I'm like, oh yep, just that image. How do you combat what? 
all of the things that you were going over about your... I'm too aggressive, I'm too assertive, yep. I'm too this, I'm too yeah. that. Yeah, so you can just melt all that away with... Lord, a, with my ass. Oh. Yeah. Didn't we have a quote, my ass is illegal? <laughs> it's the cure for everything. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh. Well, I hope that this has been... Entertaining, at least. Entertaining. Got to be at least entertaining. And maybe a little bit of uh, perspective, you know, just open up, broaden someone's perspective a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times that uh, my intent ne isn't necessarily to adjust someone or to send them off on a ricochet, so to speak, but just to, just to add a little bit more peripheral vision throughout life. More peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Look at you. And conversation and communication and, and all peripheral that Peripheral perspective. Ooh. What was the one I had about something with annihilation? Quantify your annihilation. I wanted to elaborate more even? on that. It was a whole process about, um, and this would be another good subject matter, how we were thinking about relationships disintegrating or falling apart or like crashing and burning and we've gone all the way back to the initial red flags mm -hmm. in a previous conversation about when was the first thought that you're like oh this relationship's over it's with over. or it's gonna go when you looked back on it because while it's happening you just it's a speed bump like yes. the thing in the bathtub if it didn't get resolved in that moment some years down the road we could roll back to and that I time that we got go interrupted back to that and say it's interesting to go, well, in a decade from now, mm -hmm. I could say, Stina, he was always interrupting you, mm -hmm. and you knew that that's what was happening, yeah, and you, you still just stuck around, and like, yeah, you just got, got sick of it, and now it just drives you fucking crazy. crazy. I feel like I'm too aware for that now. Yeah. I'm so in the, I'm in this relationship so consensually and so much by choice that it's like, well, if you don't like something, then you really can't blame anyone else, Stina. And you can't even blame yourself, really, because yeah. you're, you're acknowledging these things. You're clear. You're clear on what you want. Yep. You're clear on how you want it. All of this is, is there. So if, if you end up with a relationship that you don't want, then it's nobody else's fault. And, and we've talked about being in a relationship where you could honestly say like, if this relationship ends, I'm just so glad I had the experience. Yeah, what a difference in a way to end a relationship or to view what Which it, is a what relationship I don't ever want to end. That's the perfect you know? kind of relationship for going beyond what, you know, where you've been before. So good in every way that I'm like, I, I don't care if it ends, it was just so worth it when it was going on, like it was so good. Mm. I've already got a book out of the deal and a podcast, so. Mm, and more dick than you've ever gotten in your life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I got to throw that one in there because as a man, this is such a that's sweet... the kind of compliment that like it it's it Babe, does feel my podcast ego. and you just got to keep Well, you can edit it plugging. out and put it into the next nah, one. No, this is a really good one. I don't need to edit it at all. It is a really all. good one because you made a compliment about me to someone else. That it, it was in a bantering conversation yes. with someone, so it was natural, it was real, and you fired it off without even really thinking about it. And it was it. another man. And it was another man. 
So, yeah, I think they went something like, uh, this person said that you had given up all this. Yeah, I said, oh, I don't potential turn. I said I don't turn down dick, and he said, bullshit. I think that you gave like you've given up every other dick. Yeah. And I said, and I'm now getting more dick than I ever ever have before. before. Mm. So tell me again, like where am I losing? Like that makes me melt. Like, oh. Well, on that very slutty note. Yeah, I got to take a nap now. I was gonna give a quick uh, book plug because I did talk about the book. There you go. And uh, I can put the link in the show notes. There you go. Which. I figured out that you can put live links in the show notes, which is fantastic. I don't really know what that means, but it, it's fantastic. Exciting. exciting. So Yay. I will put the link in the in the show notes to Trigger Proof Your Life, Know When to Leave. Mm. It's such a beautiful book. I'm so, so proud of it. Mm. Thank I'm you still for the coming, cover picture, I babe. was just thinking I'm still coming to terms with the fact that there's a legitimately published photograph that I have taken. There's been so much conversation about all the photos I've been taking that I just keep for myself. And finally the world gets to see what I see of it. Mm. Thank you for co-creating with me. Mm, You're welcome. You are welcome. And everyone else, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, we would love that Mm, and appreciate it. Tell us what you thought about today in the rough. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Mm.